So we're going to be live in three, two, one. Wait, hello, really? hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And I got to tell you, another first is happening tonight for the No Outlet Podcast, folks. We are in the middle of a great reawakening for one of the most beautiful, useful, and maligned plants in the history of our planet. I am speaking of, obviously, the cannabis plant. And our guest tonight is a warrior uh, on the front line in the fight to bring this majestic cannabis plant back to acceptance and availability that it deserves. He's a busy man with a lot going on, and I really appreciate him being on the show. So... Without any further delay, please help me welcome to the show Mr. Hughes Pope from Sweet Dirt, right in Elliott, Maine. Hughes, thank you for being on the No Outlet Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure my, to be here. My pleasure. All right, so we're going to play a game called 20 Questions, and it always starts in the exact same place, and that's question number one. Question number one, do you believe in karma? Yes. Yes. 100%. I, I've yet to ask that question and have somebody say no, so it's encouraging to keep the streak going. <laughs> it's, and, I, and I just, for whatever it's worth, and you can add your color if you have any, but karma is one of those things that my mom tried to explain that to me when I was 8, 9, 10, 14, probably 18, and I heard her explaining it to me, but it's, it's one of those things in life where until you – get to a certain stage in your development, you don't quite get it. But then the minute you get it, you're like, oh, geez, that makes, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, what have I been doing this whole time? So um, I'm a firm believer, and I'm glad you are too. Yeah, I remember stealing a pack of bubble gum um, when I was down in the Luther Bahamas, and my mom caught me with it knowing damn well that she didn't buy it. Right. And she drove me back to the store and I had to go apologize. And I remember years later I got robbed and I thought, well, probably had something to do with some of the stuff I did when I was eight. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, and it, it comes back in small ways and big ways, either um, right away instantly or, you know, over a long period of time, but it's there folks. Believe it. It's true. All right. Question number two, how does it feel to be one of the first, if not the first, fully vertically integrated marijuana companies in Maine. It doesn't seem real. Yeah. It really doesn't. Um, it's just something I've always done. And the fact that there's the, this big farm and, and all these people involved in it now, it's um, something that I, I, you know, I'm mildly desensitized to it because I'm so close to the tree. I can't see the forest often. Yeah. Yeah. But, but every now and again, a magazine article will come out and, you know, these facts about the company. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm a part of that. And <laughs> that was my idea. And yeah, my wife came up with a name for that place. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's so cool. It really is. I got a chance, as you know, to, to go see your place and you walked me around. And, um, you know, I used to have a hemp company many years ago. And at the time, you know, hemp was something where you couldn't, you know, produce anything in the, in the States then. And the idea of marijuana being legal back in the late nineties, early two thousands was like, never, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And, outlandish. Uh, outlandish. And then here we are. And, um, it's so great to, you know, it just goes to show us like, if you do the thing that you really truly love doing that brings you joy and that you have a passion for, uh, it ends up working out. And it certainly did for you. So can you please, we've got a full studio audience here, um, that they were lining up outside when they heard you were on 
and I've got people listening. So can you please explain for our audience what certified clean cannabis is? Sure, I'd be happy to. Certified clean cannabis is um, essentially growing the way Mother Nature intended. You know, you start with some some good soil and um, plenty of sun and love, and you don't add any sort of synthetic inputs. So no blue water, no purple water, no bottles with skulls on them promising increased uh, levels of growth and things like that. And um, if you have a problem viewing it as more of a holistic thing, right? you know, if you get sick, uh, it may not be because you just got a cold, maybe because you're run down and you're tired and you're eating Cheetos all day and you're taking a pill instead of hydrating and getting proper nutrition and sleep. So there you go. Very similar that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can only speak from personal experience, but I can definitely, I can tell you that I've, I've, uh, I've tried, you know, completely organic marijuana that I know where it came from and the whole deal, just kind of the, the way you do it. And then I've tried stuff that <laughs> it clearly was not that. And I even feel like there, and some of this is strain related, but I also feel like in the same way that when you're preparing food at a restaurant, I think the energy of the restaurant staff is is put into the food. And you can get a meal that's filled with happiness and joy and excitement and laughter. But you can also and get a meal. And covered in gravy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you can also get a meal that's like, you know, filled with angst and anger and, and distrust. And I think marijuana is the same way. I think that the way that the plant is grown, the way it's cultivated <clears> – <throat> that energy that's going into it and the chemicals that are not going into it at the end of the day, give you a different experience when you use it than something to the contrary. So I, I love, that's one thing I love about your company. You're, you're so focused on that organic, clean, best possible quality product. We are. And you know, we do um, support an awful lot of local growers and, many of which uh, aren't organic by nature, but they love what they do. They put their heart into it. They love it and they do a really good job with it as well. So there's, there's definitely a little give and take to it. You know, everybody likes different things, but I agree with you wholeheartedly that um, the energy that's put into things comes out in the final result. Right. And obviously being, you know, doing it the way you're doing it, it absolutely is not the easiest way, you know. Um, it's probably way more expensive, way more time-consuming, a lot more care. Um, but from your perspective, if if everyone were to do that, right, if all of a sudden, I know this probably would never happen, but if there was just across the board, everyone just decided we're all going to do organic, what, what do you think collectively or cumulatively that would do to the marijuana industry in Maine as a whole? I think it would bring everybody together. First and foremost, I think we'd have big soil guilds and collectives of inputs. Um, I think that we would definitely lower our carbon footprint. I think we would draw a humongous crowd uh, internationally, likely. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, Blue Hill, Maine is uh, the first thing that I thought of when you mentioned that. You know, they're all working together. They're all kind of going against the grain and um, growing produce and uh, livestock in a more holistic way. Um, Wow, that's cool. I think there'd be a lot less fear and a lot more compassion and 
understanding, I think. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Um, so just out of curiosity offhand, do you happen to know what company operates the largest cannabis greenhouse in Maine? Uh, currently, currently, I think that's us. <laughs> I think so. I'm sure there's, there's going to be a bigger, more robust one in the, in the future that likely won't, but currently I believe that's us. Yeah. No, that is you. Yeah. That's called a softball. I mean, I just, I was on your website looking <laughs> around and I'm like, what a, first of all, I was just, I kept going back to my hemp, my hemp years. And I was like, wow, this is so amazing. Like this isn't found on the dark web. This is like out in the open. It's totally legit. They're making it happen. And you know, there's a lot of superlatives that go along with your company. And um, one of them is that you well, operate. You. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And I've seen it and it's, turbo impressive like it's just beyond anything that i would have imagined when you read largest cannabis greenhouse i don't think people really understand what that translates to in physical space and impressiveness in terms of size so tip of the hat to you there good stuff it's, um, it's cool yeah. I, was, I was standing on top of a, a ladder today to take a look at the canopy and i thought jesus i've never seen so much ganja in one room this is really cool <laughs> <laughs> And you don't have to, and it's like, and here it is. Everybody knows it's here. It's like, there's no secrets. That's the thing. You know, it's just really, that's the coolest part. Um, another cool part. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Another cool part to me is specific to sweet dirt is your genetic library, including, you know, heirloom and land race. I hope I'm saying that right. Strains. Um, Mm -hmm. now was that part, now you ended up there, but was that idea part of the original, like when you first, you and your wife first thought of, hey, we should do this, um, was part of your idea back then like, yes, and we should have part of our goal to be one of the few companies that has these heirloom and land trace strains, or is that just something that you, it happened that way? No, it was always a part of the vision. I I love this plant, and there's so many different fragrances and tastes and um, the quality of the buzz in its pure form before it gets muddled with, um, you know, the crisscross apple sauce of uh, mm-hmm. modern genetics. Um, I find that the sensation that I get from them is much more uplifting and mm. um, less confusing, which I really appreciate because I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I think too much as it is, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I hear that. Uh, I often don't even wear shoes that have laces. You know, I'm lucky to get out the door on time. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was always a part of the thing, always a part of the vision. And um, I'm looking forward to having enough space to um, do seed increases. And a seed increase is, you know, you've got six seeds, you've got 20 seeds, males, females, you sprout them all, and then you let them all pollinate one another, mm. called open pollination. Mm-hmm. And you're increasing the potential genetic variation within that, the confines of those genetics. Okay. So then after doing a seed increase, then I want to go through hundreds of these Egyptian seeds or a hundred of these Punta Rojo uh, or Transkis or Siskis, uh, South Africans and things, and, wow. and then make selections from there. God, it's just when when you when you when you're saying this, I'm picturing like the, the origination of these seeds, and I'm picturing them like coming all the way through to 
you know, to, to plant and, and to product. And it's like, wow, that's such an amazing, you know, the, the, the term, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Right. And then when you're at the end, it's almost like, imagine, I hate to make a correlation between, you know, alcohol and this, but imagine like the, the most incredible wine cellar that has like, you know, wines from a certain place that only had like two seasons of a really good special, you know, grape. And then you've got it from like 50 years ago. And it's almost like, imagine in a few years what you're going to have, you know, in terms of that special high, high end top shelf, no one else has it flower. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to think about. Yeah. And the opportunity to, openly research on the internet and, uh, and written literature, um, to figure out what the composition of these soils are, you know, the terroir that these things naturally occurred in and the photo period, the hours of light that these plants got, depending on where they are on the planet and being able to replicate to know what it, what it was. And in many ways it's, it's like, a uh, a living antiquity, right. you know, you, it's something that you can actually sprout and be a part of whatever culture, whatever place of that world and time was. And I think it's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Give it a look at it. So, um, I noticed on your website also that, uh, all of your flower is hand trimmed and to the layman, including, I guess <coughs> in this case, me and anybody else out there, What's the the practical difference in terms of hand trimmed flower and I'm I'm assuming machine trimmed flower? Trichome preservation. Okay. So that sounds important. And again, I'm going to take a guess at what that means and correct me. So trichomes are what actually holds a THC. And if you're battering the flower through this machine, I'm imagining you're losing a ton of those trichomes because they're just getting plastered all over the inside of the device and it doesn't end up in the bag of the customer where if you're hand trimming it, there's more care given. You're keeping those trichomes intact or as much as you can so that when the person gets it, they've got really what they were supposed to get in the first place. Is that close? Did I lose you with that answer? Are you still there? Hello. Hello. I'm here. Okay, cool. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you're spot on. And the, those little trichomes, you know, have these bulbous, um, you know, mushroom like heads on them that, as you said, hold all the, the leaven, uh, the THC in there. And when you pop those, that degrades into another, um, cannabinoid called CBN. And I think that's where the term dope kind of comes from, you know, in the days of people bringing weed over and their surfboards and smushing it and, and things like that. Um, began to degrade it. And then when you consume it, it makes you sleepy and kind of dopey and tired. Oh, um, no kidding. Yeah. That's just my hunch, you know, because that's, you know, what, gonna, what happens with old weed you smoke and you're like, Oh man, I'm tired. We're going to go, we're <laughs> going to go with your hunch. I think that's, that's good enough for me to be factual on the no outlet podcast. Um, okay. So, uh, one of the most exciting things about the legalization of marijuana, not just in Maine, but in all the other States. And there are many, you know, is that there are people out there who may have been interested, you know, people that are either, you know, dealing with pain or they're stressed out at work or they just want to be able to relax, but they don't want to drink. And they've been hesitant up to this point to try the product because, you know, many of these people wouldn't even know where to go to get it. Um, but now they've got a place to go. 
and, you know, they can do all those things that they couldn't do before. So, you know, for example, whether it's a high-powered business executive, a soccer mom, a, you know, anybody who's looking to get the benefits of marijuana, what would you recommend for somebody who's never really tried it or maybe not since college, you know, 25 years ago, whatever, but wants to, but wants to, to, to get, you know, give it a try and see if it works for them. I'd give them the equivalent of, uh, O'Doul's, you know, like the, the near beer, uh, of marijuana. Good idea. So we, we have a product, um, an herb that's called ACDC by PFAS and the ACDC is, predominantly CBD, which is kind of the, the, the quick way of talking about hemp. You know, it's That's right. got next to no THC, it's all CBD. And then the PFAS is just this purple, wonderful flower that's got plenty of THC, and you put them together and you get a, a product that's a two-to-one ratio of CBD to THC or a one-to-one ratio. And um, those two compounds, THC and CBD, antagonize one another. So the CBD actually dulls the effects of the THC, but having a little THC present, you know, enhances the CBD and you, know, you can go for a little walk and, you know, whatever activity it may be. And you don't quite get stoned, but your, your uh, presence is, uh, I think, felt and you're, you know, a little more um, observant and you're like, oh, well, I guess this does make me feel a little different. I guess I do think a little bit differently. I, that's what I would would a CBD dominant. Um, variety. I like that. Yeah, it's like the yeah. the yin and the yang. So, is is there any? Uh, is that similar to? There's a product that my my daughter told me about called Dad's Grass, and I guess it's all CBD. Um, is that? Have you heard of that? Dad's Grass. What's it called? I think it's called Dad's Dad's Grass. Dad's Grass. Yeah, it's got it's it's packaged in like a almost like a cigarette container. I'd never heard of it until two or three days ago, and she sent me a picture of it, and I guess it's all. It's a, it's all CBD um, cigarettes, which so that sounds like hemp, whereas this would be just a really low potency cannabis. Gotcha. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, same vein. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So here's here's a something that kind of make you think and go back in time a little bit. So obviously, you're a, a successful marijuana entrepreneur. Here you are. You've you've got all these things that we've listed, and I we could spend. I used to be my crusade when I was, you know, running Lost Harvest was the, you know, not just what happened to hemp, but what happened to, to marijuana. And that injustice is a whole other topic. But my question for you is what is your first memory or realization that the plant was unjustly or unfairly made illegal? Not, not just the fact that you knew it was illegal, you know, like for me, that was probably third or fourth grade when, uh, you know, then just say no started being pushed on everybody. But when was it that it dawned on you that this is like a calculated attack on the plant based in greed? That's a good question. Well, when you were asking the question, my initial response would have been when I was 12 years old, after a dare program class, mm-hmm. I actually tried it and I couldn't stop giggling. And I thought, geez, this is kind of silly. You know, why, why is this so bad? <laughs> but I don't think it was till I was, um, 
probably 17 when I had a better understanding of the world at large and taxes and privatized prison systems and, and yeah. things like that and you know racism and sure that's probably when that became most apparent to me yeah. the greed and the injustices yeah yeah the just say no for marijuana that was a failed program from the start it just and i mean think about how many people had the exact same experience as you like oh what's that oh it's supposed to be bad <laughs> oh well it's not <laughs> turns out it's not bad um so yeah, it, it kind of kills the credibility of, of everything else they're saying. Um, I also think the power of music um, weighed heavy on me with that, especially when I first started experimenting with it, because it it's something that you consume and there's no hate, there is no right. greed, there is none of that, and I, that goes against the grain of of what uh, you know society wants you to to support in, in a sense yeah you know, in many ways no i dig that that's really cool and it's actually it's almost like you read my mind my next two questions are about about music so you've been doing this for <clears throat> a long time um what's the best music to listen to when you're out there tending to your your children the marijuana plants <laughs> <laughs> well um definitely varies but uh I really like listening to Enya. <laughs> hey, there you go. Nice and mellow, right? Yeah. I mean, the dead's great too. You know, the stuff from the seventies, reggae, jazz. Um, yeah. I, I can't think of much that I. It's probably just like any really... other job, right? It's like sometimes I go into work and I want to hear Miles Davis, you know, kind of blue. Sometimes I go into work and I want to hear Iron Maiden. Sometimes I want to hear, you know, the dead 72 in Europe. And it depends on what mood you're in. So I'm sure it's the exact same thing. Here's a different twist on that same question, though. Let's say you took two completely similar uh, seeds, okay, and two completely uh, skilled and similarly skilled uh, craftsmen like yourself. All Everything else held constant. The lighting, the water, everything's the same. And in one room, from the minute that seed gets planted – all the way up until you harvest it, it's being played Mozart the entire time. That's all it hears, okay? Vibrations mm-hmm. are Mozart. In the other room, it's hearing Fugazi and Black Flag and Death Metal. <laughs> now, my question is this. A, is there any difference in the way those two plants will grow? And B, more importantly, is there any difference in the way those plants will make you feel? Well, based on our previous discussion, I would say yes. Right? I agree. I think we need to investigate, Hughes. I think we should do an experiment. I think we should do an experiment. I think there are a number of experiments that we need to undertake here. I I agree with that. All right, so you are a parent, um, which is challenging, and you are also, um, alongside your wife, again, an entrepreneur in the marijuana space, and uh, I've been one, but not the other. Uh, which one's more challenging, being a parent to two young kids or being the owner of Sweet Dirt? Being a parent for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I was writing this question down, I'm like, 
That's a tough one because I can un- I can just imagine the complexities of what's involved with what you're doing with the business, but it, they have to pale in comparison with being a parent. I mean, I would I, that was my hunch, um, but I was going to wait and see what you said, and it's interesting that that's what you said as well. I mean, it's not easy being a parent, especially nowadays. And that's another podcast in itself. That's another too. podcast. Thanks. That's another podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, so what's next for Sweet Dirt? What, uh, what should people be looking for if there are people out there who, <clears throat> who want to learn more about it, if they want to become a customer? Like, where would you point them? Where would I point them? Well, um, what to look out for is kind of where my mind went first. I you're like asking. That. Yeah, let's do that. You're going to see a lot more sweet dirt flower. Just as we started to grow, um, we had a big fire. So we haven't had our own herb for quite some time. Um, I've been growing mine at home, but just haven't had it for the public. So you're going to see a lot of diversity um, in sweet dirts offerings. Um, And you're going to have more opportunity to capture sweet dirt products in other stores. You know, we'll be able to start wholesaling to other entities. Um, and I think people are going to be really surprised when they try something that they either haven't heard of or just generally aren't familiar with and say, wow, that's really reminiscent of something I can't quite put my finger on. And I think they'll keep coming back for more. <laughs> that's awesome. And you guys are close to, I know tomorrow's 420. Um, you guys are close to harvest, aren't you? We are. Yeah. Another, um, 12 days or so. Yeah. Our construction got pushed back. We hoped to have product available for 420, uh, but it won't. So yeah, uh, it'll probably be available in 30 days or so. Yeah. And that, yeah, that'll be, um, uh, a Santa Cruz blue dream by Stardog, which is a, essentially an Afghani nice. and um, my attempt at a millennial variety, the dosi Kush cleaner. So it's a dosi dough by a San Fernando Valley OG hybrid. Oh, wow. And then we'll have a, a gorilla glue by a sour bubble. Uh, so it should kind of tame down the buzz on the gorilla glue and be a little bit more mellow. <clears throat> I'm a fan of the gorilla glue. Yeah, I, I, it, always I seems, it always seems to work out pretty well. We'll have a bunch of that coming down um, in 10 weeks. Nice. And that'll be really nice. That's really cool. And, um, I'm, you know, the other question I asked, where to point people, obviously your website is a very nicely designed website. I'm not sure if you did that or if you hired somebody. Rebecca but, Henry did it. <clears throat> great job. Shout out to Rebecca Henry because um, it, it's it's a very easy to navigate site it's a very clean site there's a lot of websites to try to put too much information and i found myself spending a lot more time on that site not looking for stuff but just like oh that's cool and oh wow look at this and oh wow whereas a lot of other sites try to grant like give it all to you in, in too small of a space um it was just an easy it was an easy read so nice job rebecca well right on yeah. definitely out of my wheelhouse a company called called iMark helped us um, down in Amesbury as well. Oh, cool. Awesome. All right, so yeah. let's get away from – we got a few questions left. Let's get away from the uh, <laughs> marijuana questions. Um, we could keep going. 
uh, as you said, but, you know, there's other things to talk about. For example, uh, the Water Monkey crew speaks very highly of you as a client. Um, you know, my, my mother started Water Monkey back in 1994. Um, you know, my good friend Roger worked there. My bro worked there. Um, and my question for you is, uh, what's your first memory of seeing and experiencing Water Monkey? First memory, the cowbell, but my yeah. and Roger in the back uh, saying <laughs> <laughs> with a big smile on his face and a wave. That is on and, brand, right there. That's on brand. And the plume of incense. Yeah. Um, and the, the immediate relaxation I felt. And I just remember being really shocked, like how cool it was and just how many things there were to look at. And, um, yeah, that's a really special place that your family has yeah, no, had over a, the years. It was a very special place. And it's so funny that, you know, you, you point out, so the smell of incense. I've got, this is no joke, I've got tapestries that I got from that store in 19... 19- 98 and if you take a really close smell you can still smell the, <laughs> you can still smell the nag champa it's in there it's deep in those fibers it's never coming out and the cowbell and the woohoo and the the roger smile and it didn't matter who was working you'd get that same reaction every single time and i love it because that's what corporate america could never be corporate america has money Corporate America can have a better location. They can have more money in advertising. But when the rubber meets the road, you're not going to get that type of experience because there's no soul, right? What Water Monkey was, was the complete, in every way, the complete antithesis of corporate America. It had a soul. It cared. It curated its products. They had opportunities to move into a different, bigger location. They had opportunities to expand and they knew that if they did that, they'd lose quality. So my mom had a store before Mosquito Traders, uh, before Water Monkey called Mosquito Traders, and it grew to like six or seven stores. But what happened was it lost that magic. So when she went to Mosqui- when she went to uh, Water Monkey, she kind of kept that intact because she wanted to keep that feeling. And I, I tell you, every single person that I've ever met that knows that store would point out the cowbell, the woohoo, the smell. And the smiles and the conversation about whatever was happening that day. So it's so good to hear you say the same thing. Yeah, the presence that everybody had there was really empowering because all too often, you know, people are so caught up in what they have to do or what they just did wrong or something. And everybody there was so present. It was such a gift for somebody like me to be exposed to that. I really, really appreciated it. Yeah. uh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. That's And it's really, I asked that question because I wanted to hear the answer, but I asked that question because it brings me back too. It's like, that's part of my, you know, I worked there right out of college and, and up until, you know, I had to get a quote unquote real job and, and pay for a family, <laughs> but it, it's, it brings me back to that time. So I love talking to people that, you know, were, were, saw it at the beginning and uh, it can share their perspective on it. All right. So uh, what is your favorite place local 
favorite place to get dinner? And and you can answer this two ways. You can answer it either quick takeout for the family, but you like it. It's good food, good people. Or if, you know, imagine things weren't in the middle of a pandemic and things were just normal. You can go out and eat wherever you wanted to anytime you wanted to. A place that you and your wife would like to go and enjoy a meal. Or you can answer both of them. Sure. I'd say Siri Street Bakery. Oh, bravo. The vibe there, the people there, um, you know, it's the opposite, opposite of uh, so much of what Portsmouth has become. You know, they're kind of one of the last Mohicans. And um, their rosemary cookie really kind of just sets the day right. Yeah. <laughs> rosemary chocolate chip cookie and their lunch specials are killer. And I always have great conversation with folks when I go there. I like that a lot. Um, let's see. I think that the red Thai chicken pizza at York 54 is yes. outrageous. And taking one of those suckers to the beach, you don't have to feel guilty about getting dirty because then you can just run in the ocean and wash it all up. There you go. <laughs> So I love those answers. So first of all, Siri Street Bakery. I remember when I was nine or 10, um, when I first went to Siri Street Bakery, when they were on Siri Street, um, they, they I think they've moved since their original location. But the, I've never once gone in there, ever, and had a bad experience with the food, a bad experience with the people. They're always friendly. They're always happy. And it it always is, is fresh. It looks the... So that's our go-to place for happy birthday cakes. The chocolate chunk is, nice. yep, that's, we've, I've, I've probably bought, I don't know, 50 of those things in the last 15 years. <laughs> uh, and York 54, I mean, anybody who hasn't tried York 54, go check it out. It's, it's among the best pizza in the Seacoast area for sure. They've got a really good selection. And I've never tried the kind that you mentioned, but I just love their pizza and the way they do their uh, their whole business there. Great answer. I hear they put coconut oil in the crust, and that's one of the things that makes it so addictive. Ah, that is, I like that. I did not know that, but that makes sense, and I am addicted. Uh, all right, so what is the best concert that you've ever seen? Oh. I would say the best show that I ever saw was a ween show nice. in Portland, Maine, the Portland Pier. And they broke out with David Bowie's Left Dance just before halftime. Wow. It was pretty epic. And the best sound and the best spot was right in front of the Porta Johns. And for a ween show, it just seemed really funny and ironic. <laughs> 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 so Ween is one of those groups that it, they they never, ever went for commercial anything. They almost were like avoiding it like the plague. But in terms of being talented musicians, being able to be diverse and, and play a lot of types of music, I mean, if you look at their catalog, they've tried everything. I think they put out a country album. Um, they, they've tried every type of music, and they've always just done what they wanted to do. Uh, so shout out to Ween. Good stuff. And I like that answer. All right, we're down. No to the, doubt. Yeah, yeah. We're down to the last two questions, and I'm torn which which order to give them to you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this one first. All right. So Mount Rushmore, right? 
Mount Rushmore is a, a, a monument in one of the Dakotas. I always forget which one. It's got four dead presidents up there. And I always, I, I don't really like Mount Rushmore that much. So I always try to replace it with the Mount Rushmore of pizza. Like, for example, my Mount Rushmore pizza would have York 54 up there and then three others. So my question for you is, uh, what is your Mount Rushmore of funny stoner movies? So, <laughs> and it could be going back all the way to, you know, uh, Cheech and Chong and anything since then. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a movie where the protagonist or the, or the main people in the movies are marijuana users. It can just be a funny movie that is enjoyable when you've partaken. Animal House. Oh, love that. Okay, there's one. Um, the Point. Oh, the cartoon? The, yeah, Harry Nielsen. Yeah, cool. That's my sister's favorite. Uh, what else? I mean, I think The Big Lebowski is hysterical. Oh. Um, and... I really like, um, I think it's a Wes Anderson movie called the Darjeeling Grant. Yeah. Dar- Darjeeling Hotel or no, no, something like that. I think it's the Darjeeling Limited or Unlimited. It's about it's the a, hotel. It, oh, the, the, oh, the hotel one. That's the Marigold. Wait. Um, not the Marigold. No, uh, not the Marigold. It's not there. Because the, there was one. Grand which, Budapest. Yes. There you go. Oh. That's it. Right? Yeah. I think that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Grand Budapest <clears throat> Hotel. Bingo. Um, great. So we got Animal House, The Point, The Big Lebowski, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. That is a very solid Mount Rushmore <laughs> movies right oh, there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, all right. We've come to the end. This is the last question. And you're going oh, to have to. Oh, PCU. That's a good one. Oh, PCU. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was right at the beginning of the politically correct wave that we are still being drowned by it's still happening. Yeah. Yeah. it's out there um okay so let's imagine you're gonna have to suspend your disbelief for this question which is you know um not hard for not you to do i'm sure um so the, the the premise is this the premise and and let's say it's you and, and your whole family so you and your wife and your kids are on this deserted island okay now on this island there's shelter clothing um and the only thing that is weird about this place is that you have to, there's only one type of beverage, only one for the entire island, one type of food, and then there's one musical artist you can listen to. Aside from that, you know, it, you've got, you can live. So it's, it's a very cushy deserted island with some weird, like, you know, uh, fourth dimensional uh, wormhole type stuff where you can only have one one set of artistry playing as music, right? So it can be any group or any solo artist. One type of food. Um, there's more food than you can ever eat, so it's never-ending, like cornucopia. Um, and then one beverage. What would be your your three choices for that island? I would go with water. <laughs> <laughs> Apples. <laughs> okay. And water, apples, and mm, 
Probably the Grateful Dead. Oh, I like I that. Yeah, because you could you could not only take all their studio stuff, right, but you could also take every single show. So in terms of volumes of work, you would have, oh my God, imagine all the bootleg tapes that you'd be able to to dive into. Um, that's a good, that's a very good call. I've asked that question a few times. Nobody's ever said the Grateful Dead, but I like that answer because it, it you need to have variety. There's enough going on there, you know? You got yeah. the gospel, they got their blues, they got your rock and your jazz and... Yeah, I got your harmonizing and everything. I think it could keep me going on an island like long that. term. And if I had to be super selfish with the answers, I'd say kombucha and sushi. <laughs> no, I like that. You know, it's so funny because when I was writing this, I'm like, do I qualify that water's already going to be there? I get like, it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it and let it, let it go. And that's a very smart and practical first answer. Water, you need that. Thank you very much. All right. Well, listen, we've come to the end. Uh, folks, you should see what's happening here in the audience. They are all smoking their weed right now. They're having a good time. <laughs> they're, they're giving each other high fives. They're doing hacky sacks. Oh, and by the way, how's that Freedom Flyer holding up? You still did? Oh, it? killer, man. We're having so much fun. Oh, good, good. Uh, that's a we got one in the Kubota, so we get deliveries. We can pass it to the delivery driver. Beautiful. We've got them at the lunch spot. Thank you so much for those. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm glad they're they're in the right they're in the right place. They they're getting a lot more use than in a storage container in my closet. So I'm glad I I was able to give those to you. Um, so any, everybody out there, I, I encourage you to go to SweetDirt.com. Um, you know where it's permissible go to his stores and check him out. He's doing it the right way. Um, I am a, a huge proponent of everything that his company stands for. And uh, it's a blueprint for the way it should be done. And it's really great to see it happening. I'm glad I was alive to see it. You know what I mean? Like this is such a triumphant moment and it has been for a long time, but now we're at a place where you can drive up and down 236, and there's not one, not two, not three, but four you know, marijuana type companies all in a little section right there. And that's so encouraging for where we're going in general. So uh, please, everybody go check out sweetdirt.com. Hughes, I really do appreciate you taking time. I know you're a busy dude. I know you got kids. I know what that's like. And I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thank you very much. And I hope you guys have a great night. Well, thank you too. And uh, take a toke for all the people that came before us that put their necks on the line. Word. And give thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Respect. I like that. Cool. Awesome. Have a great night. Thank you, Ethan. Appreciate it, man. You too. Take Be care. well, everyone. All right. See you. Bye-bye.